Hi, this is Hetty. And this is Tina. And this is Love and Inclusion in, in the, the Real, Real World. So, today we want to talk about... Da, da, da. Inclusion. Inclusion. In the real world? Yeah. So in, <laughs> in, all, in like the real world, the dream world, the all the worlds, right? And summer's coming to an end. Yep. So we thought this would be a good time to kind of revisit um, our why yeah. and um, inclusion. And because um, a lot of us are, you know, some of us may have already sent children back to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it looks different so it, depending on where you are in the world. Yeah. Because like, um, we have listeners all over the world. That was kind of a shameless plug right there. But we yeah. do. We do. <laughs> um, and so, um, and we know that it looks different for everybody. Um, and so for us in Northern Colorado, um, getting ready to send the kids, kids back to school. Yep. So we just wanted to, I forgot what word I was trying to use there, obviously. My bad. But, um, so we just want to kind of re- revisit inclusion mm-hmm. and um, and what we believe with inclusion yeah. and why. Yeah. So on our last podcast, we talked about, you know, like that line, that line, right. That we've already drawn and that, and that we really have to, as we enter the school year, be sure that the really unusual circumstances don't degrade mm-hmm. the, um, inclusive communities that we've worked so hard to build. Right. Right. Because it feels like there are some pieces to this whole puzzle that could potentially impact um, where our kids spend their days. Um, Even concepts, for instance, like cohorting. Right. Right. Well, so what happens for kids who are with their cohort, but then they get some pull-out services or they get um, related services provided and so is there a temptation for schools to create cohorts of kids who are receiving special services which of course is not inclusion at all no or what happens with kids who um, are on IEPs who struggle with keeping a mask on or maintain, maintaining social distance because it feels like right. there could be a temptation to say, okay, if you can't wear the mask, then you're going to spend your day right. in this room. Um, so it felt important then to say, okay, well, what is the line about anyway? Right. Yeah. Right. Because it's, I mean, we measure it by how much time our kids right. spend in general ed, right? That's how we measure it. That's how it's me- Well, it has to be measured somehow, right? right? But like, it's more but, than that. No, yeah. I mean, that is just the legal aspect of it. Like, that's right. not why we do it. Um, and so because we talked about that line last time, we wanted to um, let you know um, why we have that line and what that line means to us. So um, for those of you that remember, we um, one of the definitions of inclusion that we really like is by Lisa Friedman and she says inclusion is a mindset it's not a way of thinking it's not a program that we run or a classroom in our school or a favor we do for someone inclusion is who we are it is who we must strive to be and you know that is so important for us fundamentally for our Mm -hmm. family for both of our families and I'm not trying to talk for you but I know how I know where this line is for you as well like we had numerous conversations about this line and so um and your line is different. Everybody's line is different, right? And so don't feel that because um, your line looks different than mine that we don't care, right? Like um, what we want to 
remind you and to encourage you is your line is your line and stick with that line basically right. is what we're like we're not here to talk about percentages nope so nope, we're not we're here, here to, talk to about just, percentages yeah we're here to just talk about why that line is important and um and why it's important is um I mean, just the basic human, right? The human mm -hmm. rights, right? Um, another thing that we talked about is um, it's important for all children and all individuals mm -hmm. to to belong, right? And this was something we talked about in an earlier podcast too, is um, belonging in real ways in the real world, right? right? Because, um, you know, we I think we always think of inclusion as an end goal, right? Yes. Like we work really hard to get our kids included exactly in schools. And it is important to do that. Don't get me wrong. And the, how kids are included or, I mean, it's different, right? right. That's why we have individualized education programs, not group education programs. <laughs> We're not supposed to anyway, right. but do you know what I mean? Like what every child needs is different in the sense that we're all different humans right. and, and However, the fact that all kids need to belong d is not different. No. Like, that's, that's just being a human. Right. All kids need to belong. All adults need to belong. Like, all human all beings humans need, need to belong. belong. Yeah. T to somebody, to some group, to some community. And um, when we when we get to the point that we're doing inclusion well in our schools... I believe that the natural evolution of that is that we have more inclusive communities for real yeah. that welcome and recognize and value the contributions of everybody. Yes. Not just people who fit a certain norm. Right. Right. Because all of our norms are just things that we've made up. Right. Yeah. Right. They're like, yeah. they're things that we've made up, but if we can, if we can take school communities and think of them as the precursors to adult communities, right. then whatever we do in that school community is going to be replicated in a larger sense when kids grow up and leave school. Yes. Well, and that's true for all children, right? Like right. For all children, it's like, okay, and that's the goal. If you look at any... Um, well, almost any. I probably can't go on the record and say any because somebody might be able to find something. But if you look at most schools, like their goal and their outcome for all students is to be, you know, to be a functional, successful adult, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that doesn't say except in, except those on an IEP, right? Right. It doesn't say except those that act different or look different or think different. So, um, so if that is their goal, and as as parents right our goal is to be able to um have your child it's similar right have your child grow up to be you know kind functional adults right? right like i mean everybody like you know it's that thing about like you know you only have them for so long right mm -hmm. and and then it's your turn to give them out to the world right, right? and so how, what are you doing to foster that so um it's really imperative, I think, for schools to be able to do that. But even before schools, I think it's important for families to be mm -hmm. able to see that, wow. And, and most families do because you don't really have a choice, right? You're like, oh, here's my baby, right? right. And then they just grow into into your lifestyle, into your family. Right. Um, and then and then that goes into school. And so, and, and I, I firmly believe that, you know, once inclusion is really, um, 
practiced and really at its core, really, really happening, I believe that even things like unemployment rate for individuals with disabilities will go to, it'll be as the same as the national unemployment rate, Mm -hmm. right? There actually won't even be a difference, right? Right. Unemployment will be unemployment, right? Right. Um, People won't need to measure it anymore. No. Because there won't be a there won't be a difference. It won't be an issue anymore. Yeah, I always say like, you know, Cora goes to school with kids who are going to grow up and they're going to be, um, you know, they're going to be business owners. Right. And they're going to be managers, and they're going to maybe grow up and be legislators, and hopefully all of them are going to grow up and be voters. Yes. Right. And whenever they address the question of should Cora be able to get a job that provides her with a living wage that they would go, well, why, like, why wouldn't she be able to get a job that provides her with a living wage? Right. Like that they will have learned, um, just from living life with her, right. That she's a person of value who, um, who you want in your, business or who you want in your circle, who you want in your community, right? And so, but that, you know, that starts when kids are young. It totally starts when they're young. And it starts where there's not even, uh, you can't, you don't even notice a difference, right? Until, um, it makes makes me think of, um, you've seen that video going around, it's been, it comes and goes, circles up, about those two boys and, um, oh, right. And, with yeah. their haircuts? With their haircuts, yeah. Right. And um, they look nothing alike. Right. right. They're actually a different race even. Right. And um, But they got the same haircut and they showed up at the school and said, hey, mom, or hey, teacher, sorry. <laughs> I mean, some, some kids accidentally call their teachers mom, right. but um, hey, you can't tell us apart, can you? Right. Because like, we have the same haircut. Because we have the same haircut, right? And it makes me think of when I was in the kindergarten classroom, there was... Um, <laughs> they bring in their baby pictures, right? And they're like, Miss Tina, I bet you can't guess which one is me. And um, and I was like, well, let me look, right? And then she's like, I know, people think I look like so-and-so. And that so-and-so um, was a different race too. Yeah. And had a disability, right? right. Like, and, and I was like, well, honey, this is my life, right? Um, right. But at the same time, I was like, wait, which one? Are yeah. you this or this, right? Because then I knew who so-and-so was and I knew her, you know. Because in kindergarten, a lot of babies look, a lot of kindergartners look a lot like their they baby do. pictures. So it was like really easy for me. But to them, they looked exactly yeah. the same. And so like, and then that makes me think about when do we start to notice? When do we start right. to notice things like race? And who points it out to us? Yeah, that's and who the points question, it out to us? That's the exactly. question I always have is who points exactly. it out to us? And how was it pointed out to us? Um, and here's the thing is obviously people are different. Right. right. Like people yes. are different and eventually you notice that or somebody points it out to you. But like what we've seen evolve with Cora is that that has grown into a situation where her circle of friends, um, they they see her difference, right? right. But they know what she's capable of and yes. they hold her to it. Yeah. Right. And they also know when she genuinely needs help and right. they are generous with their help. Just like she knows when they need help and right. she's generous with hers. It's right. it's like this really um clear picture of the give and take that life should be. Right. Right? Like we come into this world, like you hear like there are givers and there are takers, right? But ideally 
everybody's a giver and a taker. Exactly. I mean, that that's right? that's really the world. Because even if you feel like you're a giver, you still take some. I mean, you know what I mean? Or even right. if you think you're a taker, you're still a giver. Right. Like, and I here's mean, givers need people to take stuff. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right? Like, yes. I feel really stymied if I try to give and the person's like, no, 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 right, no. I'm right. like, just let me give you exactly. something. Come on. Like, be a team player on this, right? But I, you know, I just think that here's the thing is that as a parent of this child with a disability, I got gifted with this really amazing person, right? And she's just as amazing as her brother and her sisters. Um, they're all different. They're all amazing in different ways, but they're all amazing. And here at home, um, in our family unit, um, we just are, mm -hmm. right? And everybody's included. Everybody uses their strengths, everybody gets support around their challenges. Right. And Cora, you know, I, I said this on our first podcast, like Cora doesn't have a special table that she eats dinner right. at, right? Like she's included in our family. She, wait, she doesn't need a special table? No, she doesn't need a special <laughs> table. Um, and so, you know, she doesn't come through a special door. Right. And, um, well, also that doesn't make any really sense. Cause that's not even the world. Right. Like, right. Um, you know, like, when she gets out of school, she she's not going to have a special yeah, table. When she gets out of school, there's like, no special targets. There's when any, you go to Chipotle, there's not right. a table for the adults there who have disabilities. Right. right. Like there's not a special table for Cora at Chipotle for when she grows up. And so why in the world would we feel like, from the time they're five until the time they're 21, that there's anything okay about having a special table to eat at. Right. Yeah. Like, why would we think that's okay for that time frame? Right. It's just, it doesn't even I mean, make even, sense. Even if, even if, you know, um, the child needs assistance, right? Like, even if um, they need significant so, assistance. Exactly. I like, for example, um, for Brady, he, uh, he doesn't need this, but he's used this to his advantage is he, um, when he sits down, he puts his milk in front of his friend and his friend opens it for him every time. And like, I didn't know that this was happening. Right. And I went to visit him at lunchtime one time and I was like, Brady, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, I'm my friend. I was like, okay. I mean, cause let's be real. Um, if there was something that I just did, like, that was a little bit hard for me and Hetty did it every time, I'd let you do it, Hetty. Yeah, like, for sure. you know, um, and for so, reals. um, However, though, you know, that's where your friends are there. Um, like, like you mentioned earlier, like course friends know when she needs assistance and just mm -hmm. like Cora knows when her friends need assistance, like it works both ways. And sometimes in the world, sometimes people assume that, um, because an individual has a disability that they don't have anything to offer. Well, and sometimes, honestly, the systems that we set up to help right. kids with disabilities, those um, are, are, you know, like our actual like programs and right. so forth. What they actually can do is take opportunities away from our kids to learn how to be independent. Yes. And so then that perpetuates a lack of inclusion later because we end up with kids who don't have all of the skills that they could have. Right. Right. In terms of interacting with other people. And um, so so here's the thing is like y you already have an established line of right. what is acceptable to you in terms your of family, yeah. as your family, your child of how you want your child to be included. And throughout this whole school year, 
you should say, this is the standard we've set. Right. And it's not your job to tell me why the standard won't work. Right. It's our job together to figure out ways to, to keep the standard. To keep right? the standard. Yeah. And right. I also want to say that it doesn't even matter what grade level your, your student's mm-hmm. in. Because coming in from kindergarten or going to be a senior, like mm-hmm. your standard is your standard. And and you have to, you know, hold tight with that. And um, and you have good reason for it. I know right. it, you know. And so um, hold tight with that and make sure that um, you're true to, to you and to your child and yeah. your student. And- now, I, I will say that I think a lot of times... Um, schools or teachers, they have a this year mindset, right? right. Like getting through that particular school right. year. And as a parents, we have this whole like lifespan yeah. sort of view, right? And sometimes we have to help them see that perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I understand how that could be um, simpler for this particular situation or this school year, but I'm thinking about right. over my child's lifetime, how backing off right now right. is going to impact them, not just right now, but maybe for the rest of their whole life, mm-hmm. right? And who wants that? And so I think that there is a certain amount as parents of sort of like vision casting, right? Right. And we have to sort of share that vision with people who, while they might be wonderful educators and love our kids and be vested in really important ways, um, their vision is like our our vision is very visceral, right? It's about the children that we have born, like right? <laughs> right, and so so we have to really put that vision in front of those teachers and help them to do some perspective taking and to see that hey, we're not just trying to get through the seventh grade, right? We're trying to prepare a child to live their whole life in a society that at least right now isn't really structured for them and we're trying to give other kids experiences with our awesome kids right. so that society can be structured and can be for better. everybody right, right. like um, that's it's a big goal it's a big lofty goal it's a big lofty goal and it's a lot so but it's okay like yeah you it's can important do it's very important um, and I want to take the time to, to mention this because I just thought of this because, you know, we at the beginning of the, the podcast, we talked about um, a lot of people are getting ready to start school. Mm-hmm. And um, so I want to talk about um, a one pager. Um, oh, yeah. And I think we could we're getting close to time here a little bit, too. So um, but a one pager is basically just talking about, you know, your child's strengths, their interests. Mm-hmm. Um, and also their challenges, right? And their goal, right? Like, right. Um, and I think that that's really important, even if you're doing online schooling. Mm-hmm. I think the school and the staff and um, need to know what is your child's goal, right? And, right. Um, and I think that that helps them to drive their education too towards what's their goal. Mm-hmm. What what is the drive behind that? And also, you know, keep in mind that one pagers can look completely different. Um, I know, Hedy, last year you did a, um, we did a PowerPoint, PowerPoint a mm-hmm. PowerPoint, right? Um, so it doesn't have to be one piece of paper. Just a lot of times it's called a one pager, but we can send a couple samples of that. Um, put that on our Facebook too. So just so you, you guys can see what that looks like. Um, 
And I didn't mean to say, I didn't mean to be so gender by saying you guys, y'all, I apologize. You parents. Uh, you you, you parents, your family members, your yeah. educators, your community members, that's that's better. Yeah. community members, that's great. Um, but just just keep that in mind that, that I think that that's just really important to um, be able to set that standard. And I think it helps them know where the line is too. Mm -hmm. um, especially when you transition from to different schools, mm -hmm. um, that's a really big, like, um, I know it's a huge um, nervousness for a lot of families, like, well, right. we're going to a new school and, you know, I don't know the, the staff, I don't know the teachers, I don't know even the janitors, right? And mm -hmm. so um, it's important to be able to, um, which in some areas you're not going to be able to meet them either. Yeah. But, and I, I think too, like, teachers are already going to get an IEP, yes. right? Your case manager is going to get an IEP and they're going to share out what needs to be shared out with content area yes. teachers, right? And, um, like, we all know that an IEP is basically a deficit-based document, right? It's not a really celebratory um, document that tells about all the great things that your kid does, right? It's really more focused on the things that your kid struggles with. And so I think a one-pager can be, like, a really nice balance to that. Yes. Um, I think a lot of times whenever we introduce our kids or we meet a new teacher, a lot of the conversations that we have... Um, can tend to be about uh, ways to make our kids follow rules or wait or comply with like social norms, right? All that kind of stuff. And um, it's not that you don't have to have those conversations, but really, like the way that I follow social norms is because I get to do stuff that I like and people yes. pay attention to things that are important to me. Right? Like those are the first, like when I meet somebody, they're new, they're not like, Hey, what do I have to do to get you to do what I want you to do? <laughs> right? Like we talk about things I like, we talk about things that are important to me and we talk about my experiences in life. And then over time, um, you know, like I, I like to do things that I think Tina would like me to do because I know Tina and Tina knows me and there's this really desire to have this reciprocal um, relationship relationship yeah. where we do things to make each other happy. And that's fun, right? That brings right. us joy. <laughs> right? And, I, and if I just said, okay, Tina, like what do I have to do to get you to behave the way that I want you to? That just doesn't seem like a great way to start a relationship. And I'd be like, um, I don't know. <laughs> I know. Like, right? Like, I, what a super I, like, weird question. Yes. Right? But that's kind of how we approach uh, a new school year with a new teacher with our kids. And I, I have, I did it for years, right? Like, mm -hmm. well, let me give you all the hints to keep her in line. Right. And now it kind of feels like, Hey, this is what she loves. This is what she's really good at. This is what she says she wants to learn in math. This is what she says she wants to learn in English. And then you guys figure out all the rest of the right. stuff. If you have questions, specific questions like this happened, what do you think we could do? I'll answer those questions, right. but I'm not going to fill you in on the 411 beforehand. No, because the 411 is different too. Right. And also, how many... And it's exclu it, it excludes kids. It excludes kids because they're not asking me about the 411 of my kid that doesn't have an IEP. Right. They don't have time for that. Nobody does. And um, 
kids are different at school than they are at home mm-hmm. too. Like they're completely different and year after year they're different, mm-hmm. right? Like they grow, they mature, things happen. Um, and so I just don't think it's fair to hold them to something that happened 10 years ago. And here's the other thing too, when I really reflect on it, like for a few years, I would um, let teachers know that, hey, when it's time to come in from recess, Cora's not going to come in from recess, right? She's going to go on the slide. She's going to kind of hold her ground there. She's not going to get down. You're going to have to, you know, talk her through it, you know, wait her out, whatever. And, but what I realized long about third grade is that me telling teachers that was not changing the fact that Cora would not, not come in from yeah, recess. Exactly. It's not, it's not right? coming. It just made them worried about her like, before oh, they even happen. knew her. Right. Like, oh yeah. gosh, this kid's not going to come in from recess. What are yeah. we going to do? And, um, so I just quit it. Yeah. Right. And. I think sometimes she still doesn't really want to come in for recess, but that's their thing to they right. can deal with that. Yeah. I deal with it here when she doesn't want to clean her room. That's right. my job. Yep. It's their job to figure out how to get her in from recess. Right. Exactly. And and I mean and a whole host of things. Right. And the thing is is if they get to know her first, right. then they have these ways to engage her yes. to make her wanna come in from right. recess. Well, it's kind of what you talked about earlier, is if you first met me and said, Tina, what do I need to do to make you want to hike with me right. right hike's probably not a good thing because i'm a hiking but what 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 do i need to do to make you tina want to sit next to me right like i'd be like i don't know why would you ask me that i know like, that's super um, weird versus now we're friends and now you know right? right like and the same thing with not that teachers are friends with their students but now i know now i know that cora likes frozen too right, right. and i know that it motivates her if i say this this and this right, right. Uh, and so i think that's the big difference is and students know mm-hmm. students know when you when you a don't believe in them right they know when you when you're like well i don't know the teacher said th- like and the truth is the teacher said this worked last year but if if the <laughs> if for brady for example if he knows that this teacher is like why are you in my class right, right. like you don't even belong here he ain't gonna do crap. Right. He's not, right? Yeah. He's just gonna be like, okay, sure. Yeah. I mean, he's also 16, so there's a whole other, whole bunch of other stuff going on in that little brain of his, right? right? Um, actually, I say big brain, but I mean, we all have only a certain size of brain. But anyway, um, and so, you know, every single student rises to whatever expectation mm-hmm. you put on them. So, and teachers have a finite amount of time and energy for every single kid, right? right? And so think of it this way. Do you want your child's teacher to spend their time and energy getting to know your kid and building a relationship with your kid or figuring out ways to control your kid? Ooh, that's good. Right? So just ponder that for a little bit. So draw your line. Point to your line. Tell yourself your line's not moving. Right. The whole world's gone crazy. But your line is the, the inclusion is a mindset. It is a way of thinking. It is not a program that we run or a classroom in our school or a favor, a favor we do for someone. Inclusion is who we are. It is who we must strive to be. Perfect. <laughs> There's nothing to add. That was so beautiful. And that was just such a great way to end. Um, also, I want to let you know that we're here to help too. Yep. Like, um, so, and we, you know, Check out our website, yep. check out our podcast, give us a call, leave us a question. Yes. It's going to be exciting, guys. Woohoo! Bumpy ride. Yes. <laughs>
All right, this is Hetty. And this is Tina. And this is Love and Inclusion in, in the, the Real, real world. world. 